theater education in high school is extremely important. You know, certainly we're looking at a, a uniform presentation. And I believe in it for kids. I think it's one of the greatest things we can ever ask them to do because it puts into practice all the things they're going to need in life and it teaches them to understand themselves and to understand other people, to have empathy and respect and integrity and all of those things we want our kids to have. And the state championship for Division One for the 2022-2023. Don't you like how I elongate this? One-act play state championship here at the Callow Theater in Kerrville, Texas is... You're listening to Taps Talk, a podcast from the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools. My name is John Skeens, and this... sound of competitive high school theater. Y'all got quiet like you want to know something. We just wrapped six days of performances in the 2022 TAPS one-act play state championships at the Callow Theater in Kerrville. And in this episode of TAPS Talk, we want to give you an idea of what the contest is. Uh, But that was a nice, nice moment. It was very clear and it worked really well. The staging worked, all of that. That was one of those times when I had clear emotional commitment and it made sense. The importance of theater education and competition in theater. It opens their world. They see other stories being told, um, that they're not alone, that theater and the arts are a part of a grander family. And what it's like to be at state. I can't believe that it's happening. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's my second time. First, let's give you an idea of how the competition works. Good afternoon once again. Welcome to the 2022 TAPS State One Act Play Competition here in Kerrville, Texas. My name is Roger Bemis. It's my honor and privilege to be the contest director for this meet. Like any contest in the arts, judging is going to be somewhat subjective, but there are concrete requirements and limitations that every school must abide by or face disqualification. There are limits on what they can use in their production, for instance. Each school has a 10 by 10 square on stage, and everything they use needs to fit in that box. They also have the use of the unit set, which is a standard set of building blocks that all schools can use during their performances. Each school has seven minutes to set up. Performances must be at least 10 minutes long and no longer than 40 minutes, and they have a seven minute strike period once their performance is over. Everything has to be back in their 10 by 10 square in that time. Failure to meet any of these deadlines will result in disqualification. All right, let's go. Let's get it all in the square. To succeed at state, or even to make it to state, nothing can be an afterthought. Rehearsing setup and strike is just as important as rehearsing the show itself. The contest manager and staff time each phase of the performance and check to make sure everything is where it should be before and after the play. The judges are going to be right down here in the center. See the music stand? A panel of three judges will evaluate and rank each performance and also make selections for honorable mention cast, all-star cast, best actor, and best actress. The crew of the Callow Theater makes selections for all-star crew. Oh, not you, sorry. Sorry. Amy, not you. Not Amy. Uh, Talking to Garrett, sorry. Sorry. 
The morning of their performance, each school is given a one-hour tech rehearsal. This gives the director and cast time to familiarize themselves with the space, and it gives the crew time to get their lighting and sound cues ready. Miss Pollard, does that look good? No, it's too far. Fifteen minutes! Thank you. The Callow Theater's stage manager and crew are on hand to assist, and documentation of the Callow's light and soundboards are made available to each company in advance. After the performance and strike, each school has a 10-minute period with one of the judges for comments and feedback. The judges are selected at random during the director's meeting, which takes place before the first performance on any given day. Directors, would you take a minute and introduce yourself, what show you're doing, there's anything... This meeting is also an opportunity for each director to meet the judges and communicate anything they may need to know and to ask questions. Uh, judges, would you take a moment and introduce yourselves to uh, the director, just so they know kind of who you are? And um, I want you to know that I've read all your scripts. That's TAP's adjudicator, Jim Mamarella, speaking to directors during one of the Division Three meetings. Scripts. It's important to read your scripts. I, first of all, I'm always in awe of the wonderful adaptations. But secondly, your script makes your play unique. Even if I have seen the play a hundred times before, right. it doesn't make any difference. Because when I read your cutting, I go, this is a different play. It's going to be staged differently, it's going to be interpreted differently, and so it's very important for me. Each TAPS division has four districts, and the top two schools from each district meet advance to state, meaning eight schools in each division compete for the state title. There are three divisions in TAPS one-act play, and each division competes over two days, with four performances on each day, and an awards ceremony at the end of the second day. All in all, 24 performances will be given every year at one act. Watching all of them this year was Jim Rambo. I always tell parents, and I was a parent myself, you need to see in the, in the competition set situation all of the shows because that's where decisions are made. Mr. Rambo is in charge of selecting all of our adjudicators for one-act play, and he's done so since 2014. He was a professor of theater for 41 years and operates his own acting school in Waco. Parents are always going to favor their own children. I did it. I had to remind myself that I am daddy today, not the adjudicator today, when I was watching uh, my daughter perform and my son perform. And so I think it's really important to be able to get the context. Mr. Rambo served as a judge in Division II this year, but also observed all state performances in order to make selections for the TAPS Theater Showcase, which will take place at our summer convention in June. It's very subjective. It is not a science. It is an art, uh, and it's an art form, and we all interpret things uh, a little bit differently. We asked Mr. Rambo and some of the other adjudicators what they look for when watching a play. Yeah, I think, you know, certainly we're looking at uh, a uniform presentation. Uh, in other words, we're looking for uh, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Dramatic structure, you know, starts, but it also has a rise and fall of action, uh, and that also qualifies that uh, the characters developing, even though they may be small, they also have a rise and fall because that's what dramatic structure is all about. Uh, and then how uh, the theme of the play. In other words, they work with uh, evoking what the playwright has already said. Uh, and yes, it's still very interpretive, and, and you can you know, 
go in many different different directions with it. But I think that that's the, the most important thing that we look at. Yes, we are looking for crisp diction. We are looking for follow-through. We use the, the word through-line, which is, you know, what they're, what, why are they coming to the stage? It's not coming to the stage because I have a line. It's coming to the stage because the playwright has brought me in. But I'm being brought in because I have something that I want to win. I have a target that I'm shooting toward. I'm looking for honesty and illusion of the first time, believability for the story to be told. Terry Castleberry is a longtime theater adjudicator for UIL and TAPS. For kids to be in the moment, actually, as close as they can to representing that world that they're in and giving that back to us so that we can respond as the playwright intended for us to respond. She's taught theater in high school for over 21 years and holds undergraduate and master's degrees in theater. I love it. It's my passion after the Lord, and I believe in it for kids. I think it's one of the greatest things we can ever ask them to do because it puts into practice all the things they're going to need in life, and it teaches them to understand themselves and to understand other people, to have empathy and respect and integrity and all of those things we want our kids to have, plus self-confidence. Theater education in high school is extremely important because it teaches our students empathy, it teaches them teamwork, working together to accomplish a common goal. You learn how to deal with a lot of different personalities in theater. I always say that theater is the ultimate life skills class because it truly prepares you for life. Roshonda Jones-Kumba teaches theater at George Washington Carver Magnet High School for Applied Technology, Engineering, and the Arts in Houston. I'm looking for how well the company tells their story. I, whatever journey that they have created, they just take me on a journey, and are they living in every moment? Are they listening and reacting to one another? Are they staying true to the playwright's intent? And if a mistake happens, how do they recover? Does it stop the show or do they continue seamlessly and fix it? And all those little things are what I, I look for when watching a show. Although involved in theater since childhood, she started getting serious in middle school and continued through high school and college, studying under Clarence Lee Turner at Texas A&M Prairie View. She is also the 2022 recipient and first Texan to receive the Excellence in Theater Education Tony Award. I had no idea that I had been nominated at all. It was a total surprise. And so, and it is the best surprise. So, and anybody can nominate their theater teacher for this Excellence in Theater Education, Tony. And they're about to open submissions pretty soon. So I would nominate your theater educator. It's a life-changing um, award. And I was very blessed to represent this great state of Texas. Brief side note, you should really look up her acceptance speech on YouTube. It is remarkable to see what these schools are able to produce. In the director's meeting, a lot of the directors were speaking about that they didn't have a traditional stage at their school or a traditional lighting system. But, but, but from what I watched on the past two days, couldn't tell that at all. And that truly goes to show the magic of theater and how it can be created anywhere, no matter how small or how large a space is. And that just really motivated me to just keep pushing and keep doing and to make things happen because all of these schools made it happen. When it comes to theater 
it's such a broad range, and that's what I'm looking for. Do they cover, do they bring the whole craft? Dr. Nicholas Ewan has been teaching all things theater at Howard Payne University since 2007 and served as one of our Division Three adjudicators this year. The whole picture, does it look good, does it sound good, are the characters believable and real? Is the story arc being told? What are, what's the dramatic question that's being posed and how is the material being treated? So it's literature and all of it. Um, so a lot of times when we say theater, if I tell people I work in theater, people think acting. But acting is such a tiny portion of what I actually do. It's not just a directing project. It's not just a choice of play. Here's Jim Rambo. It's the choice of play that fits the kids that they have to be able to do, and that's kind of the magic formula. But overall, that ties in with the umbrella here of believability and honesty. Uh, you know, and honesty can come from comedy. It can come from uh, a wider style, a broader style. Uh, but almost all adjudicators will look at, okay, I believed you in that time period. I believed you in that bustled gown. I believed you in that outrageous comedy that's going on. After performing, each company is given seven minutes to strike. During this time, judges will finalize their written critiques and rankings, and the contest manager and staff keep time. After strike, the company will sit in the first three rows of the auditorium and receive their oral critique session in front of the audience. Does it mean that I saw the choices that sometimes were needed, uh, particularly again, and you know, again, I know, you know you're continuing to work on it, is the nature of bridging or the nature of transitions. And it's not just Catherine, okay? It's not just her responsibility to be able to carry that, you know, that because there are so many pieces. Efficiently, uh, you guys, courteous in terms of where you're going. You knew Each judge will do this at least once, and one will do it twice. Each judge is assigned to play at random during the director's meeting before the performances begin that day. Colleen that I saw you walk out. I knew you know that, I just knew that was Colleen, because I Colleen had an ax to grind, and I just saw, <laughs> and I saw that as soon as you walked out on that stage, it was in your eye. And but one thing that I can say to you is I saw the pain, not only the anger, but I saw the pain in your eyes when you first walked out. Now I would charge you as you're exploring, this character, because you never stop exploring character. You could be at the top, but you never stop exploring. So as you explore her... The hope is that each company will perform their show at least once more when they return to school, giving them a chance to incorporate any feedback from the judges. Honestly, that's the part that I live for, where I can make a face-to-face -face connection, talk to them, because I can write stuff out on paper, but it's so easy to to get a, a written critique and misunderstand or misinterpret what was written down. Um, but with the oral critique, um, I love just being encouraging, and so that is common. I love this. We get to critique right after the plays, um, and that was new to me here. Normally, in my experience, all of the plays perform, and then at the end, even after awards, it used to be after the awards were giving, then you're giving the critique. So sometimes they're finding out that they haven't advanced or they didn't do as well as they like, or they did really well, they are advancing, and they're not listening to you because they're already done for the day. They're either like, well, we won or we lost, and so they kind of tune it out. I really love just as soon as the show is over, when it's fresh and they just struck their set and they come and sit down and getting to talk with them, that was great. Uh, this is the kind of theater that makes kids want to do theater, right? It just seemed like from what I saw on stage today, it must have seemed like, a ton of work, but also just an opportunity to be super creative, 
and your, your play today was so much fun. So thank you for all of your hard work. Uh, Miss Bumbreak or <laughs> Bumbroke. <laughs> you seem totally at place doing this. There was like no hint of irony or anything. You're like, yes, I'm the nursemaid. Uh, that, was, that was great and it was fun. Uh, and I love your relationship. Your guys' relationship was totally natural. As it's unfolding, we're like, yeah, this makes sense. I believe their relationship. I try to treat it exactly like I would treat a rehearsal if I were still teaching high school kids and we had just gotten through with the rehearsal and I could talk to them about, okay, this was working really, really well, but we're going to need to work on this because I missed this moment or I don't think you responded strongly enough. I I totally, completely believed you. So, nice compliment to you. Uh, That's not right, Edward. You say that during that scene. No, something, oh, the dread, something's not right. That was a good start, but I wanted it to be bigger. I can't be wearing this. This is disgusting. And see, so you still got that, still that attitude. And let us see it go a little each slower. Clarity of moments. And I try to treat it that way. And I try to come up with some general things that can be worked on and some general things that are being done really, really well. It's true. The hardest thing is only having 10 minutes. I love the fact that you could become so evil with Crank. Crank, you're just not very nice. <laughs> but you have emotional issues, I know. Uh, Frida, you are all liars. Modulate that. It doesn't have to be yelling. It could just be a finally a realization and a discovery. I'm just weighted down with it. You're all liars. It's just, you're showing. You can't kill her off, don't you? And don't anybody let her throw that line away. That's when everybody needs to start figuring out what's going on. And I need to see every person on this stage decide that Eva was saved. Okay? Okay. The rest of this is, I've said it. And unfortunately. I know. Thank you guys very, very much. Thank you so much. While the judges uh, do their thing to get us ready for awards, we're going to... Our program, are, we're brand new. We're, we're baby actors, and we're just so pleased as punch to get to be uh, here and the Callow Theater. Um, just to be in this space is amazing with these amazing shows. Haley Reynolds is the theater director at Alpha Omega Academy in Huntsville. This is her first year with Alpha Omega and the school's second one-act play production. We started in August. Um, we It was kind of a grassroots um, effort from everybody because a lot of the students weren't even sure if they wanted to be part of a one-act. They didn't really know a lot about one-act. So uh, we took about two weeks. We, had a, we held an audition. Uh, we needed extra boys, and it was just all hands on deck. We were just bringing people in. Uh, um, and we got our cast um, about a week after our, our first audition. Um, and then ever since then, we've been mainly rehearsing on Saturdays um, and, and late at night. Um, and it's just been this you know, project, a, a very much a, a team group effort. We've had a lot of good blessings along the way. So we're just, and to get here today has just been a, the cherry on top. It's called uh, Snow Angel, uh, written by David Lindsay Berry. He's one of my favorite uh, writers. Um, a lot of shows on, on Broadway, um, but this is a little bit of a gem uh, written specifically for um, teenagers, and um, a lot of people don't know about it, so I, any chance I can get this play somewhere, I, I take it. We're going to go ahead and load out. I already have uh, At the end of the second day's performances, the judges retire for final deliberations while each company takes turns loading out. Most schools stay for the awards ceremony, although some have to leave early to meet other requirements. Each awards ceremony is broadcast live on TAPS TV for those who can't make it. 
Y'all got quiet like you want to know something. Each judge ranks the performances first place through eighth. The contest director will then tally these numbers, break any ties according to procedures set out in the TAPS bylaws, and produce a final ranking for each school first place through eighth. Selections are also made for all-star crew, honorable mention cast, all-star cast, best actor, and best actress. The honorable mention cast, all-star cast medals, the best actress, and the best actor. The top four schools are recognized at the awards ceremony. Second, third, and fourth place receive medals for their company and a plaque. The state champion receives a banner, trophy, and medals for the company. And the one-act play champion, state champion for the Division Three schools for TAPS for the 2022-23 school year, having presented Badger. I can't believe that it's happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's my Paul second time. Paul Early is the theater director at Allen Academy in Bryan. I spoke with him just after his company took first place in Division Three. But this is my first time that Allen Academy's ever been to state competition. First to win, yes. It's amazing experience to have kids come and just like watch the quality and the caliber that's achievable within within private schools at this level, especially how small they are. They do everything. Like I have football players, I've got volleyball players, so I had to fight schedules left and right. But it's like they find their time and their passion to do to be able to put on this work of art and it's, it's a totally different way to try to educate children and it's really I don't even have the words for it I guess uh, we had rehearsals of course we worked on the weekends several times late nights on, on several of the times we did a school assembly that, that really helped out where they got to showcase their work in front of their um, peers and that really helped them this play I have very strong female actors and this play when we read it, it just spoke to us because we each had there's four very powerful women that have huge arcs throughout the whole show even in the condensed time period i mean the condensed time length of the show and to be able to pull that off that we could show off emotional depth uh, and sadness on one side and, and love and joy on the other all within one show it's just like it we all read it and we were like this is the one we have to do Which brings us back to what Jim Rambo, our coordinator for adjudicators, said earlier. It's not just a directing project. It's not just a choice of play. It's the choice of play that fits the kids that they have to be able to do. And that's kind of the magic formula. You know, think, well, if you're going to do Shakespeare, you're going to win. Or you're going to do a comedy, you're going to win. No, it's what fits the students and the director's impulses to be able to say, this is where uh, I can stretch my students. This is where I can use the gifts that they have and expand on those gifts on stage. Now you've heard about the importance of theater education in high school, but what about competition? After all, you can put on a show for your home community and call it a day. Why compete in district? Why come all the way out here for state? Why make art a competition? Actually, historically, theater began as a competition. Here's Dr. Ewan again. Uh, all the way back to ancient Greece. And so it's part of world history that theater was always originally competition. Um, and what's great about that is it gives us the opportunity uh, to strive for higher, uh, for uh, more 
uh, I guess, honesty, more integrity on stage uh, to hone and to uh, to hone talents, to uh, improve discipline, uh, to show that um, even though we call it a play, that what we do is work. Um, and and that's, a, that's an interesting transition to make. Probably most important, or certainly what was echoed by everyone I talked to for this episode, is what competition brings out of your company. Oh, well, you know, competition. Roshinda Jones-Kumba again. All, when done the correct way, competition always brings out your personal best. Because, you, you know, that's one good thing about Texas theater. We have the competition aspect of it. And because of that, we have some of the best educational theater in the nation because when you go into a competition you're rooting to you're going to do your best now of course that you are motivated to do it on your own but it just adds an extra layer of fire and push to achieve success i think it raises the stakes a little bit um here's terry castleberry again i hope that they don't think too much about winning or losing but i think it raises the stakes because you're going to be presenting your work to people who are hopefully have done this a long time and they're experts and you're going to get some critique that's going to help you to grow and to help you think about some things that you haven't thought before and i think because you're sharing your work with your peers it gives you a little extra i want to do this really really well or even this message is something that i think is really really important to my peers and i want to make sure that they get it and all of that competition gives us because we are as a community performing and sharing the different ideas and the different stories that drama gives us. Uh, oh, the, it opens their world. Haley Reynolds from Alpha Omega Academy. They see other stories being told um, that they're not alone, that theater and the arts are a part of a grander um, family and that they also, I think, learn how we're all interconnected um, and what they do. We're not a single island. We're all hoping to be storytellers and tell beautiful stories together. And when they get to see other people do that, especially not even thinking but so much as a competition, but as a celebration um, of coming together, all of our work, and then we just get to tell stories. And that's beautiful. Thank you to everyone who helped make this year's state championship a reality. We'll have photos up from all 24 of this year's state performances available at taps.biz slash photos in the coming weeks. There are a lot to go through. For all things One Act Play, you should follow at tapsoap on Twitter. That's where we have photos from the award ceremonies from all three divisions up already. A very special thanks to the staff of Playhouse 2000, the organization that operates the Kathleen C. Callow City Center for Performing Arts in Kerrville, for hosting us this year. Jeffrey Brown is the executive director. Nick Boland is the technical director and facilities director. Susan Burns is the house manager, and Amy Goodyear is the office manager, with additional help from Jezere Kessler and Amber Cosby. Treston Mack, Benjamin Fuller, Devin Vanderveer, and Derek Hulse worked with our student crews both backstage and in the booth to help bring their visions to reality. Our contest manager this year was Roger Bemis. You heard him announcing awards in this episode. And Rhonda Smith is the TAPS Director of Fine Arts. 
Special thanks this episode to Terry Castleberry, Jim Rambo, Roshanda Jones-Kumba, Haley Reynolds, Dr. Nicholas Ewan, and Paul Early for taking the time to talk with me during a very busy schedule. Everyone who spoke to me was so generous with their time and their thoughts on one-act play, and there was just too much material to put all in this episode, so we're going to be releasing extended interviews in another format later, and you're going to see links to those on our social media. If you've got questions or you'd like to get to any of that material early, please send an email to talk at taps.biz. Taps Talk is a production of the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools. It is produced and hosted by me, John Skees, the Director of Media for Taps. Brian Bunselmeyer is our Executive Director. Robert Huckabee is our Associate Director and Director of Compliance. Steve Prudhomme is our Associate Director. Steve Huhulin is our Athletic Director. Rhonda Smith is our Director of Fine Arts. Liz Cornett is our General Manager of Corporate Partnerships. Kelly Bay, Delaney Bunselmeyer, Will Dixon, and Vicki Morgan help keep everything running smoothly in the Taps office from transfer paperwork to event logistics to live broadcasts. Music in this episode licensed through Upbeat Music. Thank you for listening. See you next time.